Hello and welcome to Winter Faith with Fraser. I'm your host, Andy Fraser. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast. Winter Faith with Fraser is a podcast that teaches that deep doubt is a part of authentic faith. In this podcast, we will explore the journey of shame, grief, and faith. Let's get into it. So, one of the things that I have been thinking about a lot lately is what is authentic manhood or what is manhood or just where is manhood going uh, in the Western American world that I live in. So we've had a uh, a Gillette commercial that came out not too long ago about being a man. Um, We have a lot of people who are uh, talking about gender and gender issues and, and what it means to be male, what it means to be female and a combination of and just talking about okay where is the um specifically where is the direction of of gender and identity going so one of the things that i have seen is um i have a job where i work with men i work with men in in very i think authentic and vulnerable ways and so i i've been asking myself some difficult questions or at least questions that that I find difficult of, you know, what, what does it mean to, to be a man? And, you know, you have some people that say, you know, being a good man is different than being a real man. Some of the things that you might hear are phrased like, you know, just be a man, men don't cry, um, man up, you know, these, these kind of phrases uh, we hear a lot in, in culture. And so I think that what I see is that the world is pretty lost. The world that I live in is pretty lost when it comes to manhood. I see a lot of men that are consumed by addiction in my work. I see a lot of um, men who are in a lot of dependent relationships and a lot of men that are really hurting. Uh, We teach a class at work on authentic manhood, so it's something that, that I talk about a lot. And just something that I feel like, you know, I was grateful to have a a dad that taught me a lot of things. Some of the things that I think my dad taught me are really, you know, that's really what I believe about manhood. And there might be a few things that I differ on, but but what I see about a man is, is what I saw in my father. And what other people see that maybe don't have a father is really where it gets really difficult. Um, so when you don't see a man, how do you become a man? I think that's the, the struggle of a lot of men that I work with. So the first question I said is, you know, when did you know that you were a real man? That's kind of the first question I've been asking myself. And I would say there's two different things that happened in my life when I thought, okay, I'm a real man or, you know, I made it to, to manhood. I'm not just a boy anymore. And I think uh, one of them was in 2014 when I really started committing to, um, you know, obviously I've always been working on on myself, but in 2014 I really made a really strong commitment to better myself in terms of addiction issues. And so 2014 is when I started doing group counseling on a regular basis where I started doing individual counseling 
on a very, very steady basis. When I started having, I think, stronger, authentic male friendships with, with other men. And that's when I really committed to, to making myself a better, a better man. And I was single. I didn't have kids. Um, I was working, but not making a lot of money. Um, didn't live on my own. I had a roommate, and uh, and he was he was early. He was a good man that that uh, that really taught me a lot. And um, I think, you know, as we were both in our um, late twenties, we really learned how to how to be roommates together and how to be good men together. So I think that that there's something about having a community of men surround me and challenge me in 2014 that really I had this desire to be a stronger man and hold myself more accountable and then I had other guys around me so what do I mean when I say okay I want to hold myself more accountable for being being a man here's some of the things that I mean I mean being more vulnerable with my emotions I mean having a greater emotional intelligence I mean making um, a stronger belief in myself and living with a stronger belief in myself, uh, whether it's purpose through work or school or just whatever life pursuit you are in. I can't think of what else it would be, work or school. I guess it could be marriage or parenting. But when you had this strong belief in self of, hey, I have a lot of purpose, I think that that has a lot. So being vulnerable, being emotionally intelligent, Living with purpose and making strong d- decisions, um, admitting faults. I think a big thing about being a man is is admitting your faults. And I think there's sort of like a confidence or a humility about admitting your faults. It kind of takes the burden away from from me when I'm able to say, "Hey, I really screwed up on that." It 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 feels really good in a way, but it it you know obviously I don't want to make faults on purpose. But there's a point of release releasing that tension saying that I'm not perfect that I think is really big in defining manhood. I think it means being a strong teacher and a strong um, confidence in uh, that purpose that you're living in life. I think it means being consistent and I think it means taking care of yourself um, financially on your own. Now, you can be a man and not have some of those things those are just kind of the core things when i say for myself what it means to be um to be holding myself a- accountable that's kind of what i'm talking about so i'm talking about you know physically financially emotionally and spiritually independent is a big part of of being a man uh, on my own so then i think of another stage in my life which was in 2018 when i became a stepfather and became a husband for the first time. That's about a year ago. And I think a lot of that about being a man, all that stuff, you know, still applies, but there's a certain independence that's a little bit more different when you're married and when you're a father. You're still independent. You you know, I still have my own job. I still have my own friends. I still have, you know, my own purpose and and own ability to do to do the things I want to do. But there's also a purpose of doing something with that family unit and doing something with my wife that we are together but we're also separate it's it's a unique relationship marriage and and parenting but that that would be another stage where i felt like okay this is another stage 
of me feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm a man, I'm on my own, and this authentic manhood is now me passing on my knowledge to, to you know, uh, in this case, a daughter. And so there's something about that that I think is about, you know, having, you know, having an accountability to myself to give to somebody else, whether it's with a wife or in step parenting, you have an accountability for yourself. And that accountability for myself is that emotional intelligence, that vulnerability, that um, listening well, admitting my faults, being a strong teacher and being confident in the view of myself and myself's purpose, but then also passing that on and living that within the, the family unit. And so the things that are not being a man are when you're hiding and when um, you're passing off responsibilities, when you're hiding and you're passing off responsibilities, when you're not admitting mistakes. These are the things that I think are kind of showing that you're, you're not a man, you're still maybe a boy at that stage. When I look at um, what I learned from my own father, um, I think my father presented me all these, you know, all these things, you know, living with integrity, being honest, being trustworthy, being credible, letting my actions speak and my actions and my words line up. And when my actions and words don't line up, then, you know, then I admit my mistakes. But I kind of boiled it down to three things that my father taught me, which is to love big, to live with purpose, and to listen well. To love big, live with purpose, and listen well. These are the things I believe that my father taught me. And so loving big is, you know, loving myself, loving my family, loving the people around me, and, you know, doing that in, a, in, in big ways, you know, being, and what I mean by big ways is being committed. So when you love big, you're committed. You're committed to yourself, you're committed to your family, you're committed to your marriage, you're committed, committed to your friendships, you're committed to that job, and, and you love it. And, and living with purpose, when you're living with purpose, you have a motivation to do something well. It's kind of like when you don't have a job that, that you know, you feel like you don't have purpose, then you really start, you know, slacking off at your job and slacking off in, in your own responsibilities. And I think my dad taught me to live with purpose. And when you don't have that purpose, a lot of that motivation goes down. And that purpose uh, can be your family. It can be, you know, financial gains. It can be achieving something in your career. But whatever that is, you know, that's for you to decide. But to love big and live with purpose. And then the last one, to listen well. I think good men... Um, model listening well and that's something I continually have to work on is I'm at times not a very good listener and and that's just the truth that I continue to to run up against is sometimes I'm not a very good listener and a lot of listening is being present being present with verbal and nonverbal cues and being present you know I think making eye contact whether that's in a job interview whether that's in your marriage whether that's at work there's something about being a good listener and I would say being present is a part of you know of, of listening well and, and a part of, of being an authentic man and so there's a verse that that comes in my head um, from the Bible but I think it's you know it's an overall teaching and this is something that has really been hitting me since since being a stepfather do not provoke 
or yeah, do not provoke. Um, I'm sorry, I need to look at this here. Fathers, do not provoke your children in anger. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So this idea of not provoking in anger. I feel myself when when a child's not listening to me that I do have this kind of inner anger in me. And so when I think that the scripture speaks to this, when you have that inner anger in you, what do you do with it? Hopefully what I'm doing with that anger is I'm taking it to do um, discipline and to do teaching. Because if I just take anger and I'm angry, that's not going to help my child. If I'm just angry for the sake of being angry, for the sake of not listening, that's not going to help my child. But if I'm angry and I, instead of just provoking out of anger, I'm able to use wisdom and use proper discipline and having a balance of discipline there and then also being able to teach. So any situation I think is really a teachable situation with kids. And there's a lot of examples of this, but I'll just use a really simple one that when we have this idea of, okay, my child has been playing all day and her room's kind of messy, the playroom's kind of messy, and I want her to clean up her toys. I can be angry. I can teach her. You know, I can say, hey, you're, you know, clean up your toys. And I just keep saying that. Clean up your toys. Clean up your toys. Clean up your toys. And I just get more and more angry as, as maybe the child's not listening. But what I can do is say, clean up your choice if you don't clean up your choice then you know we're not going to have um, ice cream after dinner clean up your choice clean up your toys or we're not going to watch a movie on friday night together is, is kind of one of our family traditions so if i'm using that as hey this is a mode of discipline you know just basic and then using that as a teaching opportunity hey i'll i'll help you clean up your toys hey when you clean up your toys really well it helps our family and when you help our family um, you know, we not love you more, but we're able to get along more and maybe able to do more as a family and build a stronger relationship and, and trust, you know, when you do what you say you're going to do and you clean up your toys, then I'm able to trust you when you're able to trust, then you're able to have a, a stronger relationship. I don't know if that would, if that made sense, but just trying to have this idea of it's so easy to go to anger. And I think that specifically this verse talks about fathers are really driven to anger and that's kind of maybe our gut or our first reaction sometimes so what do we do with that anger we use that anger to use uh, proper discipline and to use it to to teach and that's the 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 joy and the kind of difficult part of of being a man so these are just a few thoughts obviously there's way more to say on this topic and I will come back to this topic. I am going to be um, having a guest on my next podcast. A really, really good friend of mine is going to talk about um, what it's like to be a father and what it's like to be a man. And we're going to kind of continue this this conversation. I've been listening to a couple of podcasts that, that talk specifically are directed towards men and, and how men in our culture might be losing our identity or maybe we've always had a lost identity identity and so we're trying to figure out what real manhood is or what i like to say authentic manhood so i hope that there's something in here that maybe has helped you um, think about what an authentic man is and as we think about kind of the the future of what manhood holds and and what it could look like i hope that that we're always able to love big 
live with purpose and listen well. So I hope there's something for men and women in this episode, but just a topic that I wanted to speak on a little bit this week. Thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of Winter Faith with Frazier. Andy out. Years ago, the early 30s, there was trouble.